I think there's still this sort of thought out there that you're never going to find anything that's like as uh, fulfilling as a career in academia. And that's just not true. There's so much interesting stuff out there and, you know, it's all about what fills your cup. Welcome to Physicists in the Wild. My name is Aggie Branchik. In this series, we chat with physicists who pursued careers outside of academia. In this episode, we chat with Emily Petrov, who did her PhD in astrophysics and is now the Associate Director for Strategic Partnerships Grants and Awards at Perimeter Institute. I started at Perimeter about eight months ago, and I was uh, on a contract doing only partnerships. But then that role has kind of grown to this Associate Directorship, where now I work under sort of the umbrella of what we would call government relations and external affairs, how we interact externally, how we uh, how we are perceived externally, and how we, you know, increase Canada's research capacity as, as you know, an independent, high-performing research institute. Would you be able to describe your typical day? Yeah, I typically break down my week into like my five buckets of work that I that I work on government relations partnerships grants awards and reporting mm -hmm. and there's always something under each of those things um half of my job is is liaising with people internally within the building um figuring out what they need from external partners figuring out um what support they need in terms of writing grants or if they have to submit reports for grants um liaising with our communications team to make sure that we're putting out the right messages that kind of align with what we promise or what we uh, communicate to our government stakeholders in proposal, funding proposals. Um, and then half of my work is external focus. So bringing visitors into perimeter, bringing government dignitaries, bringing ambassadors, uh, bringing partners, and um, talking to our government stakeholders on a pretty regular basis to make sure that they're getting what they need from us in terms of reports or, you know, information or data. And um, that we're fully understanding, you know, what we are supposed to be delivering to them. I spend a lot of time talking to people, just trying to understand what, you know, what's going on, what we should, should be highlighting. But then I also spend a lot of time writing. Um, I write like reports, I edit grants, I, you know, write briefs for the government. I uh, we'll write partnership documents and memoranda of understanding. So a lot of writing, a lot of talking. What skills would you say are needed for your job? Communication is the biggest one. Just being able to communicate to different audiences and kind of meet them where they're at is critically important. Um, be that talking to a researcher in the building about their research and really being able to meet them on that technical level or talking to government who's you may be talking to someone who has never taken a physics class um, and they just they don't really know what an institute of theoretical physics even does mm -hmm. and so you know meeting them at their level and talking about why what we're doing is important for the country is important for the province um, i'd say time management is like possibly my most important skill <laughs> being able to sort of budget time allocate the right time to complete the right task juggling deadlines is, is really critical for me because I operate on so many different fronts uh technical writing is really important what do I mean by technical writing I mean you're still talking about technical topics but for maybe a more general audience and being able to communicate what it is we're doing without selling our scientists short mm -hmm. uh 
but being able to put it in such a way that a general audience can understand. Still, you know, I, I still use a lot of my physics background and I find that I, you know, more than I expected at Perimeter end up kind of revisiting like my quantum mechanics notes from, from undergrad. But um, for the most part, it's like communication, organization, time management. How did you get into physics? I think I've always been interested in astronomy. And everyone told me that to be an astronomer, you had to do an undergraduate in physics. So I, you know, spent a lot of time in my uh, high school years, in my teenage years, trying to get better at physics and, and explore physics. And kind of along the way, I realized that physics was also really fun. It wasn't something that I had known about before. found that I really enjoyed it. I did my undergraduate in physics. During my undergraduate, I really wanted to do research. I thought it sounded like a super fun career. It just seemed like such a natural match with my skills. And one of my undergraduate research projects was with a professor at my college who took me to Australia for a couple of research projects mm -hmm. to work with the Parkes Telescope in the summer between the courses. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely fell in love with Australia. I fell in love with radio astronomy. And during that time, I got linked up with uh, Matthew Bales, who ended up offering me a PhD position in his group and, you know, bringing me to Australia full-time for, for, for grad school. When you were doing your PhD, were you planning to uh, continue a career in academia? I definitely was. Yeah. I had such a fun time doing my PhD. Like I really loved research. So it was like such a fun experience. I fully intended to continue on on the academic track and get a faculty job. The more senior you get in research, the more you realize that like when you were doing your PhD was like the most fun you were ever going to have. And it wasn't until a couple of postdocs in that I decided to kind of make the pivot to a research adjacent or I would call it academic adjacent kind of career. How did you decide uh, which kind of industry to go into? It was a little serendipitous, which I feel like is sort of the thread in my entire career. But um, I knew that I didn't want to continue in academia. Like I'd done a couple of postdocs. I found myself less and less excited about faculty jobs. I did a faculty job search or like faculty job round. Um, I interviewed and I just found myself not getting excited the way I kind of expected to and realized maybe this isn't, maybe there are things about research that I'm, I really like, but like this clearly is not totally fulfilling for me, or I'm just kind of not quite hitting my stride in terms of feeling like a faculty job is the right move. And mm -hmm. I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do next. It was a real, it was like a real crisis of conscience. I feel like a lot of people go through this and um, it's not something that people talk about all that often, I find. But I don't know, I found that I had my entire identity wrapped up in being a researcher, being a physicist, being an academic. And it was really painful for me to try to separate that from like who I was as a person and you know think about what else am I good at what else would make me happy it was it was a really hard time to decide what I wanted to do and I was doing career coaching I was looking around I knew I wanted to leave academia but I just you know everyone said like oh I do data science or mm -hmm. I do I went into the financial sector and none of that really like you know sparked an interest for me I mean the saddest part of leaving academia was leaving the community of researchers and sort of working with physicists, working with academics. And um, when I was sort of going through this whole crisis, I, um, I met someone who was uh, acting as a project manager for a large research collaboration. And he had a PhD in astrophysics. 
and he had gone on to do a couple of management roles. And now he was a project manager for a big research project in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him I, and I like, you know, listened to what he was doing. And I said, I, I got really excited. I felt like these are all the things that I like doing about research. I like organizing things. I like managing people. I like facilitating research. Um, I don't necessarily need to be the one writing the papers. Um, and you still get to work with academics. So I thought mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe research project manager is what I really want to do. And, um, you know, actually I was very fortunate that this person who I networked with and who, you know, I really hit it off with ended up offering me a job to be an assistant project manager with the Chime telescope uh, in Canada. So that's how I ended up in Canada and and made the shift, I think, you know, from pure research to at least uh, project management of research projects. How was it that you actually got to your current position at Perimina? Yeah, it was kind of, again, very much serendipity. Um, I, I, uh, I, I always feel like I want to explore more of what's out there. And I always want to learn from people who have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, my kind of approach to networking has always been find someone who is doing what you want to do in five or 10 years and just like ask to chat with them. I was living in Waterloo while I was working for Chime. I was working remote throughout the pandemic. Um, and I saw that Perimeter got a new COO during the pandemic. So he, uh, our new chief operating officer, Paul Smith, he did a PhD in physical chemistry. He did a postdoc, and then he went into research management at Xerox and he kind of climbed the corporate ladder there and became, you know, corporate executive at Xerox before moving to Perimeter. Mm -hmm. And I saw that kind of career and I said like, that is, that's actually like very close to what I would love to do. You know, someday I could be a director, a chief operating officer, or something like that. So I just sort of I emailed him and just said, like, hey, um, I'm, you know, living and working in Waterloo. I'd love to chat with you sometime just to hear about, you know, how you did it. And I want to learn more about your career. And so I sat down with him for like a half hour meeting. Um, and it was really just to like, I just really wanted to pick his brain. And building that relationship kind of ended up translating into. Um, when a role opened at Perimeter, that he reached out to me and said, like, actually, you should apply for this. I think, like, you might be a good fit. So I applied, and here I am. Do you have any advice for current PhD students? My advice for current PhD students would be to network. Talk to people who are doing things that you think sound interesting, right? Um, Not just in academia or in your research field, um, but people who are doing things that sound interesting to you, even if they don't have a physics background or don't have a physics PhD. Like if you talk to someone who says like they're, you know, they they head up a graphic design company and you think, oh, that sounds really cool. Like talk to that person and, you know, build a connection with them. You know, I know a lot of people when they're networking to find a job in industry or they're kind of looking to make that jump. Um, you know, if you're networking to get a job, it can be kind of challenging. It can be a little bit difficult to establish that relationship, but like networking out of genuine curiosity for what someone else does um, and, you know, just being really interested in the the role they have, what it's like, how you could get there tends to, I find to be a much more productive networking experience. And I have also found in my own personal career has like paid off more mm-hmm. than the sort of cold call uh, you know, I'm looking for a job kind of networking, which I've also tried to do and found yeah. less successful. <laughs> it's okay to be afraid of leaving academia. Like I was 
I was kind of afraid to leave academia. It like really took a lot of kind of soul searching to be comfortable leaving. Um, because I think that when I, when I started thinking about leaving, I took it as like a value judgment of my abilities or like whether I was good enough to stay in research or whether I was quitting or I was a failure. And that's not the case. <laughs> like I think that that's really important to like build into the whole conversation around careers that you can have with a physics degree. It's like, it's not a failure to do something else with your PhD. Um, it's an absolute success. And if it's fulfilling to you and you find it interesting, so much the better. I think there's still this sort of thought out there that you're never going to find anything out in the, you know, out in the wild that's like as uh, fulfilling as a career in academia or as interesting, like you'll never work on as interesting problems ever again or something like that. And that's just not true. Um, there's so much interesting stuff out there and, you know, it's all about what fills your cup. Thanks so much, Emily. It was a real pleasure to have you as a guest on this show. Uh, I think you've had an amazing career and I'm sure everybody enjoyed listening to your experience. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.